Hi everyone, uh, Brian Bell from LGBT in the Ring here. Um, I just want to give everyone a uh, heads up and a content warning for this week's episode. Um, there are frank discussions of uh, domestic violence, emotional abuse, um, to an extent, um, sexual misconduct as well, um, psychological abuse and manipulation. Yeah, just want to give everybody a heads up. And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And today's show is going to be a little different. Um, if you saw the, uh, the video that I posted over on the LGBT in the Ring Twitter account, um, you got a little bit of the details around why this episode is going to be a little bit different, but uh, we'll get into everything around that in just a second, because, Lord, it has been a week in pro wrestling, and a week that saw um, plenty of good, but it feels like the negative weighs on the mind a lot more um, just with the waves of things that are even continuing today you know I mean we'll get, in, we'll get into some of the stuff from today but um, yeah I just kind of wanted to take a, a step back for a second and just get a little bit personal with, with everyone here about some of the stuff that's been going on in the pro wrestling industry as of late because, um, well, I guess for for one reason, you know, last week, um, at the end of the show, I hyped up another interview with with one of the competitors in the Cassandro Cup tournament that's coming up this Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern over on IWTV, the next Butch versus Gore event that is highly anticipated. And um, obviously, since you're hearing this, that interview is not happening. Um, because that interview was scheduled to be conducted with uh, Joshua Wavra. Um, and, you know, that interview was supposed to take place on this past Friday. And, of course, uh, earlier on that same day, a number of accusations came out against Wavra, um, accusing them of, you know, using racist language and causing emotional abuse, engaging in um, bi-erasure, um, some really um, drastic things um, in the account. I wrote about it for the site over on outsports.com, but um, that combined with covering the uh, Patrick Shea Synergy Wrestling situation earlier in the week, um, I'm not going to lie, uh, 
that combination of stuff really left me in a uh, a mental haze heading into this past weekend. And I spent those three days kind of ragging my, my brain, you know, trying to force myself to relax because, like, I... That was my downtime. The weekends are like my off time outside of whenever I'm watching pro wrestling on the weekends. But um, I was having trouble relaxing and actually having an off day. It permeated everything from that weekend. Um, you know, I have a regular D&D game that I play in that I notice myself being more... Um, I guess the best term would be short with people. I get, I notice myself being emotionally heightened more easily throughout that, and that sucks. It really sucks. Um, and I I spent that time trying to figure out why I had been so affected. It's not like in this job uh, that I haven't covered other situations that. Um, or traumatic, or, you know, potentially re-traumatizing for myself. But they hadn't eaten deeper into me in the same way that this past week did. Um, And I think that a lot of the reasons why that occurred was because I was... No, I don't know Joshua. I don't. Like outside of our exchanges and setting up the interview, I don't know them. And you know, so far be it from me <laughs> to be a person who um, was negatively affected by that situation. Whenever I'm not directly involved with anything that they said or did, I was not on the other end of any of those terrible things that they said or did as well um but at the same time i was just it just for some reason this week was just a a gut punch in many ways and i think the main reason why is um because i do a lot of research before i have guests come on you know i I take time to go back and watch older stuff of theirs. I go back to, you know, figure out major events in their career and, and get, learn a little bit about their background before we come in. And um, I'm not going to lie. I have been excited to have Joshua on because of the piece that they wrote in Wrestling with Gender. You know, you know I went back and, and watched some a, a number of matches as well you know I did the same research that I do for everyone but the piece that they wrote in wrestling with gender really spoke to my own experiences growing up in a lot of ways um I was severely bullied for you know aspects of my personality <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, growing up in the South, and um, while pro wrestling wasn't necessarily the thing that really um, helped me 
escape those things. It it did um, kind of help shape me in a way, or like push me to really imagine how I see myself and how I would present myself, um, and to be comfortable in that presentation in the similar way that that Wavera, um spells out their own story in that piece and it really touched me and I was really looking forward to having that conversation with them around that piece and around those experiences um, and obviously that conversation is not going to happen now it didn't happen Friday, it's not happening now and for good reason um, you know, Joshua has left wrestling at least for the foreseeable future um, I don't know if there are going to be some places in this industry that will allow them back in at any point that they decide to re-enter pro wrestling but um, I mean I think it's safe to say I'm just going to give my I give my personal opinion on here like I don't think that they belong back in, in this industry based off of that the conduct there the same way that so many other people um, named during speaking out and since speaking out and before speaking out don't have a place in, in this industry. You know, that doesn't mean you don't give people room to learn and grow and better themselves, but that, that does not mean that you get to belong in this industry that you have the the opportunity to perform in this industry and and be a public figure in that way it's just and and that's just my my two cents on it like everybody has their own opinion about it um but like that's you you're no, you don't get to do those kind of things and then come back to an industry that is ever more growing into one that is about um growth and learning to um, accept underrepresented populations and to um, kind of be there for one another, support one another, um, engage in this art form, this athletic art form that we love engaging with because of the passion that it gives us and because of the um, the emotional resonance that it gives us. That's a privilege. And actions like those that Joshua perpetuated and so many others that they don't grant that privilege anymore. Um, but I think knowing someone who had such similar experiences to me growing up and seeing them fall so drastically in like the profile of my mind, I think that just really sunk me because some of that stuff gets tied back into my own state of mind. Alright, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. 
You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get five days free. Check out that service. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. And then, of course, after after that, we had the whole situation with the uh, the post-match at the New Japan Cup, which... You know, with Will Ospreay and B. Priestley and the promo backstage afterwards, and now even like earlier today or yesterday, you had the the drunken, quote unquote, drunken Will Ospreay promo outside of Sumo Hall or outside of Rio Goku, whatever you want to say for the building, like where he doubled down on it and saying that B. Priestley sacrificed herself for so that he could. Um, prove all these other people wrong in in that way. Like first off, first and foremost, like I put this out on Twitter after this because of my own personal disgust with the whole angle. Um, I'm a I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I'm also a supporter of mixed gender wrestling. This was not in the purview of mixed gender wrestling. Um, I've heard other people in the wrestling media speak to this as like, well, if you want mixed gender wrestling, then this is you're gonna have to get used to something like this happening. No, we don't, because this is completely antithetical to the idea of mixed gender wrestling. Mixed gender wrestling is about two competitors entering a ring consensually, understanding that they're entering a fight. Predetermined, be damned. It's it's a fight. And they are competing to win that fight. Um, now, if you want to, like, run, like, you know, sneak attack angles for to build up matches, like, that's, a, that's something that fits into that. In a way, you can do that correctly to still fit into that model of consent that really defines mixed gender wrestling. But to say that Will Ospreay point blank saying that he doesn't care about anything or anyone more than the IWGP world title before 
physically assaulting his both real life and in on screen uh partner in the ring B Priestley and then celebrating with his fellow empire teammates Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb backstage with beers and talking about being back in that single life and going out to party like single guys to then moving a few days afterwards to sitting outside of Ryugoku, supposedly drunk, and talking about B. Priestley sacrificing herself for Will Ospreay to achieve the heights of the IWGP world title. That doesn't carry any consent to it. Um, the presentation of it, the it was just gross and um, just feeds into so many... Um, struggles and topics around domestic violence. Um, couple that along with Will Ospreay's well-documented history of, of misogyny throughout his career. Um, and it's just... I don't... It's, it left me at a loss, honestly. Um... Mostly because, you know, well, first off, like, Gato, the, the head crea- head of creative over at New Japan, and, and Will Ospreay, anybody else that was involved in, in planning that angle, um, or was in the know of that angle, because it seemed like there were a number of people that were not in the know that that was going to happen on that show, um, but anybody involved with planning out that angle, um, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very frank here, they can get fucked. Simulated domestic violence like that um, can be very, very triggering for a number of people. Um, I'm glad that I did not stay up to watch that event live, because if I had, I probably would have had a very, very bad early morning um, before going to sleep, and then I probably would have had an even worse uh, day afterwards, and who knows how long it would have gone. I was um, negatively affected without even watching it live, just seeing the events through Twitter videos. Um, These sort of things were not okay back in the day. The first thing I thought of whenever I saw this was 2005 Randy Orton, Stacey Keebler, and that image is etched into my brain because of the what it what it really represented and and how the value of of women in pro wrestling continued to be perpetuated at that time i thought we were past that call me optimistic hopeful idealistic all of those things and not being grounded in in the reality and and you know being just consumed by a lot of the more positive aspects of pro wrestling since um, I've been covering it professionally. But I honestly thought that maybe we were past this. But obviously we aren't. Um, and it it made me go back to the moments in my own life where I experienced abuse in that way and those are memories I don't like going back to 
And it really sucked because, like, pro wrestling is supposed to be an escape. Pro wrestling is entertainment. It's supposed to be something where we can see these morality plays unfold and, and we can see people that remind us of ourselves and um, and people that we can like take inspiration from or live vicarious through or vicariously through rather um, in a way but at the same time understand that it's an art form it's a performance you know there's there's a disconnect there um, but that, that got too real for me personally. Um, so much so that, like, there, I think this this is something that I think is, is common with a lot of um, DV abuse victims, where you don't necessarily recognize what happened to you as domestic violence, or if you do internally, it's hard to vocalize that outwardly. It's something that I've struggled with mightily, um... And I've only really been able to utter it physically a couple of times in, in my life. Um, but Sunday when I saw everything that unfolded, that was one of the uh, the first times in a long time that I've had to utter those words out loud when talking to my partner about the whole situation. And that was very, very difficult for me to do. Um, because you don't want to be reminded of those situations. You don't want, like, you're, you're, I think you feel like you overcame something in a way whenever you do get out of those situations and, and find something better in terms of relationships down the line, but... Those memories still stick with you. And I don't think anybody likes being reminded years down the line that they are a survivor. This might this might be just me speaking and I don't actually let you know, this is just me speaking. I don't want to speak for the whole for anybody else that has experienced similar things. But for me, I don't like saying that I'm a survivor of that because it means that I was in it at one point and I don't ever want to be in that again um, and to see an art form that I love that has consumed so much of my life that I made my job <laughs> uh, force me to reconnect with those memories is um, it crushed me for a while you know I, I I'm still in, in a real bad place mental health wise I think coming out of this week couple that along with what happened earlier tonight as I'm recording this where we now have accusations of um emotional abuse against Nolan Edward that are now making the rounds and it's make it's it's just it's made it very hard to be a pro wrestling fan 
this whole year has made it hard to be a pro wrestling fan. Let's be real. Um, everything going back to the early days of COVID, where we the first major thing I think that a lot of people harped on was WWE releasing a whole bunch of people amid a pandemic that no one really had figured out exactly how to traverse safely or effectively yet. Um, and just throwing a bunch of people off of their payroll, um, simply out of corporate greed, <laughs> um, all the way up to June with, with speaking out and everything that has unfolded since then, um, down to the events of this past week. Uh, there's been a lot to push people away from pro wrestling over the past year. And I don't blame anyone who has either taken time away for their own sake or has completely removed themselves from engaging with it because of those things. I think that's a healthy step for anyone to take. You know, I honestly contemplated not having a show this week for the same reason. You know, I pride myself on having a new episode up every Thursday for y'all, sometimes two episodes. Um, you know, this time, a little over a year ago, I came on the 20th episode of this show and was just um, tooting my own horn to borrow a phrase from <laughs> so many people in pro wrestling, most most uh, notably Arn Anderson, about hitting that 20-episode mark with this show. And being so proud of, of myself for accomplishing that. Um, and now we're here on episode 80. And while I'm, I'm still proud that I have not missed a week in the nearly two years that this show has been running... Um, not all of those weeks have been easy. You know, there's... This week is probably the confluence of all the different issues that I've had in various weeks over that time period all coming together at once, whether it be something incredibly um, infuriating from the pro wrestling world or the anxiety of having to, like, switch up and, and book guess on the fly because of stuff that's out of your hands or zoom not working correctly or you know struggling over whether a topic that I want to discuss is something that I really qualify for as um as a due to my place as a privilege as a white person um it's just all of a lot of that all came together coupled with watching the events unfold in Atlanta and Boulder and just the overall like timbre of this um, nation that we're in. So many other larger issues beyond pro wrestling that need addressing. It's just kind of left a very dour landscape in my mind and I felt like I needed a window to discuss some of that stuff here um, because I don't want to step away from pro wrestling. I love pro wrestling. It's a source of joy for the most part in my life. Same way as it is with so many other fans. That's why it's so hard 
for us to see these cultural pitfalls that are exposed within this industry and to see how um, enabling this industry can be to bad actors within it, alleged, confirmed, or otherwise. And it's just, we want to make pro wrestling for everyone. But it's so much more than just making shows inclusive. It's a big step, but it's not just that. It's about vigilance and accountability and understanding the parasocial relationships that we have as journalists or fans and and wrestlers and and performers promoters all every occupational position on the on the the chain there within the industry um which is hard because this is an industry built on heroes and villains (laughs) and i don't know it's just I don't want to, I don't want to step away from watching pro wrestling. I just want pro wrestling to get better. And I'm here for that fight. You know, I am like in the dirt right now. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm laughing because I need to do something that makes me feel better, but we are in the dirt. I am in the dirt. I don't want to stay there though. I don't want pro wrestling to stay there and you know if we have to fucking drag it kicking and screaming all along the way and have to weed out all as many bad actors as we can in the industry and also in the fan bases you know we just have to keep pushing forward um but that does not mean that we don't take the time to stop and look at where the holes are and where they need to be filled that does not mean that we don't take the time to stop and practice self-care. Pro wrestling is important to so many of us, but it doesn't take precedent over ourselves. Um, and that's coming from someone who covers it on a daily basis. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just want everyone to know that whatever actions that you need to take same way that I tell myself the action, like the actions that I need to take for myself. Those are valid actions. Take care of yourself, and there will be people to help push pro wrestling in the right direction while you're taking a break. And you know, whenever you're ready, come back to the fight. All that being said, though. Um, You know this this weight that's on me from from everything that I've been going through over the past week, um, and and really beyond that in a way like it's 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 made me feel like there's something that I need to do to at least alleviate some of that weight for myself, and I think that now is a really good time to do that, especially on an episode that I'm entitling "Pulling Back the Curtain." <laughs> um, and this isn't necessarily a pro wrestling related thing. This is a personal thing for me um, because I have so much 
stuff from like the re-traumatization of pro wrestling over the past week for myself that I really need to do something that relieves some of that pressure or at least gives a little bit of room for that pressure to maybe like take up so there's less pushing on the valve that's ready to burst in a way so um, I write a lot of coming out stories for outsports um you know i whether it's like editing uh ones that are pinned by the people that are coming out or writing about pro wrestlers that come out um whenever they make their announcements um i we do a lot of that at the site i do a lot of that within the pro wrestling world whenever um people have the courage and um empower to speak those things out into the world and um I'm taking one of those moments for myself now I'm I'm non-binary I this is something that I'm not going to I'm not going to get into a ton of detail here right now about about this personally but um this is something that I've uh, been really delving into um, over the past year or so in like with effort but it's something that I've felt in differing ways without really having a name to put on it for a long time like dating back even to like middle school high school um, and I feel like if I take a moment to say something and share part of me with you that's not on the negative side of things. Maybe I can provide some euphoria for myself in a way. Um, and also like stop that debate in my head. You know, um, I think the same way that I struggled a lot with, you know, my, my by slash bi plus slash pan slash queer as fuck identity um, when it comes to sexual orientation um, a lot of my struggles around that come with these ideas of like I'm not queer enough or I you know I don't belong in certain queer circles because of how I identify in that way and, and similar things popped up in, in some of that time that I've been really like bearing down on, on where I feel like I am in terms of my gender identity and um, you know one of the main reasons why I haven't really spoken a lot about this um, to anyone other than my partner really is just because um, of feelings of like what exactly constitutes a non-binary identity how is that personally defined are you non-binary enough and I hate that that enough argument keeps coming up in so many of our minds when it comes to these realms that we live in um so fuck it I'm done ping-ponging this back in my head back and forth it's just I'm done with it I'm just putting it out there um, because I need to put it out there and not 
have it in my head anymore and share it with an audience that I have truly grown to love over the past, you know, coming up on two years at Outsports, about a year and a half, almost two years of doing this podcast. I love each and every one of you dearly. Um, That's why I call you lovelies. And I wanted to share this moment with all of you. Because this is the first, as I'm recording this here Wednesday night, this is the first time I'm speaking this out into the world, really. You know, I've had I had the conversation with my, with my partner, who is also non-binary, and um, they made the joke that um, <laughs> we're finally a same-sex couple, <laughs> which obviously gave me a tickle there. Um, but yeah, I'm Brian Bell. I write for Outsports about pro wrestling, esports, and LGBTQ issues in sports. I host LGBT in the Ring, a queer pro wrestling podcast. And my pronouns are he, they. <sighs> Man. That feels really good to say. And I am going to carry this, like, fireball of happiness that is in my chest right now through and help me get through this week and and deal with all the, the, the tribulations from the past week for myself. Um, and I hope anyone else that is dealing with issues can find some way to cope as well. Um, but I, I, I just needed a space to put all of this out there. I think I've said that like three or four times now, and I, I realize I repeat myself a lot on this show, but it's just... <sighs> also, the Cassandra Cup looks rad. Go check out Billy and Lowe's outstanding show coming up Sunday, March 28th. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, over on independentwrestling.tv. I'm I'm really glad that all of those issues that we talked about in the first chunk of this show, and, and I'm ending with a smile on my face because I feel comfortable enough with my audience to share more of who I am. Come back next week. We'll be talking about the Cassandra Cup for real this time. Because it would have happened. And we'll unpack everything that unfolds this weekend. Um, But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And happy birthday, J-Rose. Bye! Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the demon, so I